Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the second Sunday in Lent, and the Reverend Maggie Foote is preaching from Luke chapter 13, verses 31 to 35 from the lectionary. As always, you can find more sermons or information about All Souls on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. scheduler. In fact, the quaint little faux leather notebook that I carry around with me all the time is full. Not of sermon notes, theological musings, or inspirational lines from scripture. No, it's primarily full of to-do lists. That's right, pages upon pages of lists of tasks ranging from take out the trash, to call mom, to write sermon, to plan family ministry events, each one with its own little box next to it, just waiting for that triumphant check mark to show that I've completed the task. When I start to feel overwhelmed by the quantity of items on my list, that's when I cross-reference my calendar to figure out which tasks I'm going to try to accomplish on each day. This is where it gets really interesting, people. I know you're just on the edge of your seat wondering where this is going. Well, maybe it's because I'm actually more of a Martha in the world than a Mary, always focused on the task at hand or the next thing on my to-do list, sometimes finding it difficult to focus on the present moment rather than be distracted by all of the unchecked boxes in my mind and on the pages of my notebook. But the way Jesus responds to the Pharisees here really grabs my attention. The Pharisees warn Jesus that Herod wants to kill him. And you know what Jesus says back to them? This is a direct quote. Go and tell that fox for me, listen, I'm casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. (laughs) Yet today and tomorrow and the next day I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jesus has a to-do list, and no Herod is going to get in the way of that. He's like, listen, I've got a list a mile long of things that I need to do right now, and no death threat is going to get me off track. To me, this says two things. The first is simple, and I won't spend much time on it. Herod has no control over Jesus. Jesus won't be intimidated by powerful people or threats of violence. Jesus has come into the world with a purpose, and nothing will stand in the way of that purpose, not even death. The second is the one that I want to unpack this morning, because it is the one that has me feeling the most convicted. And what is Lent for, if not for holding up our own lives and taking a closer look at them? Jesus' response to the Pharisees not only says that Jesus isn't scared of Herod and he won't let a death threat keep him from his work, but listen again to what he says. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. It almost sounds as though Jesus sat down with his own to-do lists and calendar and scheduled out cast out demons and perform cures on certain days of the week, before heading into Jerusalem where he knows that he will at last 
come face to face with whatever fate awaits him there. I bring this up not to make light of Jesus' response or to commit some sort of sin of anachronism and make it sound like Jesus walks around the countryside with a bullet journal and a stack of post-it notes. I'm struck by his response because in it, Jesus so clearly demonstrates that everything he's doing now in this moment is all of a piece with the certain death that awaits him in Jerusalem. That's the thing about to-do lists. Eventually, everything on that list has to get done. Some things may seem smaller or less important. Some may seem daunting and overwhelming, but they're all part of a bigger picture. Whether they're all part of a job we've been hired to do or a project we need to complete, all of those individual list items are wrapped up in each other. So when I have on my list, move tables, email fill, put drinks in the fridge, reach out to so-and-so, edit the Pathfinder, those are all a part of my greater purpose of serving this parish. And when Jesus has on his list, cast out demons, perform cures, go to Jerusalem and maybe die, those are all part of his greater purpose of establishing the reign of God. They go together. Today, tomorrow, and the third day all go together. Jesus knows that what he's doing now, casting out demons, performing cures, teaching, performing miracles, healing people, are all part of announcing the reign of God. Jesus offers glimpses over and over and over again to whoever is paying attention of the reign of God. And the problem with this kind of reign for Herod and for anyone else in power is that this kind of reign can't be intimidated into submission. It can't be controlled by money or violence or oppression. It renders all other kings and kingdoms worthless. So the only thing to do for someone like Herod, for someone in power, is to kill the messenger and hope that the dream dies too. So whether or not Jesus knows the exact details of what awaits him in Jerusalem, it's clear here that he knows that the natural outcome of boldly announcing the reign of God and offering glimpses of it to anyone who will look is certain death at the hands of the powers and principalities of the world. And that's all part of his same to-do list. Not in the sense that he came into the world specifically to die, but in the sense that his death is a predictable outcome of the life that he lived. Performing cures, casting out demons, performing miracles, preaching, and teaching. Or in other words, asking people to believe that there is a reality greater than the one in which they currently find themselves, and showing them that the death-dealing powers of this world don't have the last word in the reign of God. Every day that Jesus lived, his actions were consistent with the way of the cross. They were all of a piece with one another. His death was not intrinsically different from his ministry while he was alive. They are all about establishing the reign of God. Which brings me back to Lent. If I am walking the way of the cross with Jesus, then all the items on my own to-do list have to be consistent with establishing the reign of God. Now, of course, I can't necessarily perform cures 
or cast out demons in the way that Jesus did. But I can make choices in the present day and time that are consistent with the reign of God that Jesus came to tell us about. This reign is characterized by justice, good news for the poor, liberation for the captive, freedom for the oppressed, and healing. These are all things that are not yet universal realities in our world. But Jesus calls us to live in such a way that makes them more real, a way that draws them closer to being the reality in the small or sometimes large sphere of our own influence. Lent is a time that we intentionally set aside each year for personal examination. It's a time when we ask ourselves if the way we live in our daily lives is consistent with what we believe to be true about the reign of God. And this is tricky for me, to-do list lover that I am, because the things that keep me from living into the reign of God are not always on my list. It's not like I sit down and write judge people on my to-do list. <laughs> but what if I did? What if I was honest with myself about how I fill up my days? And how would my list be different if the reign of God was my goal? Maybe I'd add something like bring healing to my family. Would I do it? Could I? What would be different about your list? I can't answer this question for you, but I'm suspicious that it has something to do with the way we spend our money, the way we spend our time and attention, what sorts of words we use when we speak to our children or our coworkers or strangers on the street, and how we treat the earth. I hope you'll join me this week in taking stock of your own to-do list, what's there and what's not there, and ignoring anything that's inconsistent with making the reign of God a little bit more real in the here and now. Thank you.